0: Welcome to another edition of the green beige podcast as always that is aj he is the green i am ken i am the beige and after a short break the boys are back how's it going aj Mm -hmm.
1: all is well all is well everything is going well um yeah just as usual life life happens
0: of course so allow us to be the absolute last to wish everyone in the U.S. and wherever you are that may be celebrating a Happy Thanksgiving because we were not here last week to tell you Happy Thanksgiving so to all of you we hope that you and your families are well and that you have plenty to give thanks for now as you can see right now I'm wearing a hat which is not the norm And I'm also wearing a hoodie, which is also not the norm, but both of them are sporting and supporting the land of our birth, Barbados, who is celebrating Independence Day tomorrow. There's also another day that they're also trying to celebrate tomorrow, but we we are not here to speak on such things. November 30th is Independence Day, and so it should remain if you ask me. So, AJ... Did you have a good time on Thanksgiving with the family, man?
1: Yeah, I did. I did. Always, always going to link up with that side of the family and whatnot. It was a good vibe. It was a good vibe. And yourself?
0: Yeah, man. Right now, my sister is here. She has come oh, to Oh, she's still there? Us. Nice. Yeah, she came in from Barbados. Mm-hmm. She's going to be with us throughout the entire holiday season. So, oh, see? Yeah, yeah. It's good to have some family around. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. had some cousins that came over um from a neighboring city they're working in campion in colorado so they came over to join us on saturday so we had a good time meeting up and linking up with them as well this this that's what this time of year is all about it's all about family and you know friends and celebrating and having a good time so you know while we talk about having a good time did you see what i called this week's episode
1: no i actually didn't you know i did not what is (laughs) it it?
0: this week's episode is called, There Will Be Tears.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Yes, yeah.
0: Yeah, so of course. Now, after everybody's had the opportunity to celebrate, just making it to the World Cup, you know, we had the opening ceremony and everything. Everybody was was happy. It was feeling good. You know, it was no time to get down to business. And for some teams, that business mm-hmm. is already over. There are teams that have qualified from the group stage to the first knockout round. While others already know that their tournament is over and are already packing their bags to head home or in the case of Qatar, just stay home. Some others are hoping to delay their flights while others want to make sure that they don't miss it. One thing is for certain, there will be tears. Joy or disappointment, waterworks are guaranteed. But before we go to Qatar, we're going to take our usual jaunt around the NFL in four-down territory off the rip. So, AJ, as we always do, first down, the biggest winner of the weekend is who?
1: The biggest winner of the weekend for me would actually be the Buffalo Bills. And not for any reason other than they seemed to be on a slide. Well, not seem to be. They were on a slide recently. They were just not playing well. I guess some issues that they've had that were been that had been papered over because of them winning due to Josh Allen those issues were coming to the surface and a lot of people were calling out Josh Allen and whatnot and there was a lot of noise surrounding the organization and even going into that game that that last game it was against the Lions but they were made to work for that victory and they did end up winning by a one score by a field goal essentially and um it it just for them I think they needed that to to not just not just for the momentum sake and for morale sake, but to actually keep up. To actually keep up in the AFC East. Um because I mean, given their record, they're still most likely going to get in to the playoffs. But um you still want to win your division. Right? You want to win your division and that win keeps them in, in touch with the Miami Dolphins. And um it, it it just is better for them going forward because you know they are the division champs, they were picked not just to win the division, but to win the entire AFC. So, they need to be up there when the, the, the 11th hour comes. So, I'd I, I put them as the biggest winners for the last week. Okay. For week 12, yeah.
0: No problem. Well, I didn't have them for once. I, I, I did not consider Bills at all. Um, but what you said was correct. Because they did watch that game. And they did have to work for it. Like they, The one thing about this Lions team is that they do put up points. And if you can't put up points, you are not going to they beat do. this team. You're yeah, not the strongest defensively. But offensively, they, they get the job done. So, kudos to the Lions. But my biggest winner of the week was actually the Minnesota Vikings. And I, I know that you might not have gone that way but that's okay uh, but the reason i picked the vikings is not because they beat the patriots alone but because they got a good primetime performance from primetime kirk cousins kirk cousins now sits at an embarrassing 11 and 18 in prime time games which is weighed down exponentially by a 2 and 10 record on monday nights mind mm-hmm. you the two that he has are against the bears Mm -hmm. this is against the 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 bears that have been struggling to put anything together recently that's who he has Mm -hmm. his two victories against but i digress (laughs) this game he had 30 of 37 299 yards three touchdowns and one interception against your vaunted Patriots defense and that is nothing to sneeze at justin jefferson would not be denied and he got 9 receptions for 139 yards and a touchdown. Adam Thielen, an oft-forgotten man in this Vikings system, also got nine receptions. TJ Hawkinson got into the touchdown act and the Vikings stymied the run game of New England, forcing Matt Jones to have one of his better nights as a pro. Congratulations to Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. And 9 and 2, they're guaranteed a spot in the playoffs at this point. Uh, we will have to see if they can do it again when they come up against the better teams in the NFC.
1: That hurt me, you know. <laughs> not not your analysis, obviously. I mean the game, because boy, I... boy, like what I want to say about Nelson Aguilar here. But <laughs> I mean, let's move, let's move on quickly. Get a brain aneurysm over here. Oh dear.
0: Okay. So yeah. So let's move on. Then. All right. So the biggest loser of the weekend, AJ, who is your biggest loser of week? This is week 12, week 12.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Week 12. So my biggest losers are the Colts. And it probably shouldn't be that way because I feel like the Colts are just at this point playing with house money, having hired Jeff Saturday, an unproven coach, to be their head coach for the remainder of the season. But the reality is that the Colts are still in, within touching distance in their division. The Titans lead the division, but they haven't been, like, otherworldly. They haven't been exceptional that they're, at this point, out of sight, right? And the Titans actually lost in Week 12. They lost they lost to the Bengals. And then the Colts, knowing this, because they had the Monday night game, you would think that they would come out a bit more energized. prepared for one. Uh, or energized, rather. Yes, that, that's probably the better word. Like, a bit more energized and and, and rejuvenated to... To close the gap, because the Titans lost, put them at seven and four. The Colts, if they had won, they would have been at what five and six, as as just two games behind. Oh, it's five, six, and one, the, the tie. But still, you know, they they would have been within touching distance, and obviously closer to like a wild card spot. These men came out, and and I I've already explained to you in the other group what really annoyed me about that game. Uh, just Justin Taylor fumbling at the one yard line it it goes beyond fantasy obviously that was a huge annoyance for me but the reality is that outside of that play there were questions about um jeff saturday's clock management coming on towards the end of the game because he didn't use his timeouts i'm yet to to i saw in in a ticker headline that he said i thought we had enough time I, i i would like to hear the manner in which he said it to understand the context because just seeing the phrase doesn't necessarily uh, um, give credence to, to the manner in which it was said, right? So I'm, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt that it wasn't like just an incredibly stupid statement from a naive head coach. <laughs> but I, I, I have to call in the biggest losers because that was not the kind of performance you want to put up at home when you have a chance to, to close in on the lead in the division.
0: Well, it's not even just that. Is that you have a chance to close in on the leader of your division and you're playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers who have not looked good at any point in time. And then there's that.
1: And then there's that.
0: Yeah, no, I did hear Jeff Saturday say that. He, He said that he thought that there was enough time. The expectation was that they would have been able to get the first down when they ran up and ran that third down play. Okay. They thought that they would have gotten the, the first down and then called timeout. But they ran the football with Jonathan Taylor. He got stuffed at the line. And then now they're calling timeout on fourth down. They don't get the first down and they lose the game. Which, as you said, had um, implications in other spheres for for many, mm-hmm. including those of us in fantasy. We yeah, we we won't, lock, we, lock
1: lock
0: yeah, we, won't it. <laughs> we won't go we won't get too heavily into that <laughs> today because that 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 would just bring more negative emotions out of you. <sighs> now my biggest loser of week two is Zach Wilson, deposed QB of the New York Jets. Now, this has been a really bad week for Cougar Slayer Zach Wilson. After having an (laughs) abysmal game against the Patriots, he refused to take accountability for his own ineptitude, which led to his benching after his coach had voted for him and said that there was not going to be a quarterback change. They said, young fella, you're doing too much and put him on the bench this week against the Bears. Now, we know that the Bears are no longer the Bears, but they're still a competent defense mike white who would feel he's never really had a turn since being drafted back in 2018 got the call up since zach needed some time in the pen zach would have been hoping that white would struggle and that he would be able to walk right back into this job since the jets right now actually do look like making the playoffs this season unfortunately for him white came in and lit the team on fire 22 of 28, 315 yards, three touchdowns, most importantly, no picks. White came in and gave the Jets some excellent quarterback play. And now, Zach has to be wondering how long he'll have to wait before he gets his job back. Poor fella. Yeah, that is true. I mean, if he had just gone out to the to the podium as all the quarterbacks usually do and been a leader, yeah, and say, you know, I let us down. I didn't play well today. We only put up what negative two point negative two mm. yards passing Something in the like second that. half. I only had seventy seven yards passing on the day. That is on me. I need to be better. I need to do better. He probably would have played the game, played this game against the Bears, and who knows happened but right now Zatir is just looking like another swing and a miss from the New York franchise at quarterback because you know after Sam Darnold you know and his mono episodes they would have thought that they would have been getting better than that but apparently the cougar slayer isn't studying enough of what he needs to be studying yeah, clearly. <laughs> all right so Third down, AJ, least impressive win. Which one got your least impressive win this week?
1: (sighs) A team that I've kind of been following a bit because the young quarterback is my absolute favorite right now, and that's the Chargers and Justin Herbert. The win is most concerning of of the weekend to me because of the fact that they are – this is a game they should have won and they did win it. They're winning these games. It was a very close game. Um, The manner in which they won it, like, by a single point, and the manner in which they've been winning games this season, I still believe that Justin Herbert is not fully fit, and he's being not necessarily forced, but he's playing under some duress a little bit, you know? I I think it's concerning because the Chargers are putting themselves in a position to make the playoffs, but they're not ready. To be a playoff team, they're wasting time. They're wasting Justin Herbert's rookie years and, well, rookie contract years, rather, on Brandon Staley. Brandon <laughs> Staley is not the man that's good. I'm telling you, you know how it goes in this league? You either pay, like, have a, a top tier or, or a high end quarterback, pay him money, and then you have, like, a young offensive core around him essentially to build on, or the reverse. You have a, a young, talented, um, QB, who's on a rookie contract, and then you can give him the pieces around. That's basically the situation right now in in, in Chargers, it, with the Chargers, right? Is they have the, the vets like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams um, bringing some other people on the uh, opposite side of the ball in defense and all that, But because they don't have to pay Justin Herbert as yet. But after they waste all these years with Brandon Staley as head coach, and on the back of Justin Herbert, qualify for the playoffs every year, or wild card or whatever, and just not go anywhere, and then cu- it comes time to pay Justin Herbert, then they will be they will be licking their wounds. Because it, it, they, when after you pay Justin Herbert, you're going to have to let some of these guys go. It's not going to be the same team. And then who are you going to bring in at that point? I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm just saying, like, right now, these sorts of games that you have just – because Justin Herbert was actually really good in this game. He did not – for the first time in a while, he ain't, he ain't had a pick. He was thirty-five of forty-seven. Ken, thirty-five of forty-seven. Mind you, it, I guess there were a few checkdowns because it was less than three hundred yards. Right, two hundred and seventy-four yards. Three passing touchdowns. No picks. That's a that's a very solid afternoon, right? So you I mean every single week? No, Justin Herbert and have to, again got to be saving these men, and then Brandon Staley and just level it out by not doing anything. I I, I feel like this is a waste, and that's why I think that that is the most concerning win because they will get, they will win games because of Justin Herbert. And they will finish with the best, probably the second best record in their their division because the other two teams are absolute crap. But then when it comes time to actually face the big boys, they're not ready. And a lot of that has to do with Brandon Staley as a head coach.
0: So I've been smiling all the way through because this is one time that you and I are in complete agreement. Because that, I also had the Chargers as my oh, least impressive Yeah. And, and, and here's why I said in my notes that the Chargers feel like fool's gold. Exactly.
1: Every year exactly. we're waiting for them exactly. to be
0: good. <laughs> for Brandon City exactly. to justify the hype he had when he was hired. And Justin Herbert to take that big step forward as one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. And it feels like the second... Of those three things I just listed is what is keeping this team back. No, I agree with you that Justin Herbert is injured, or at least he's been playing through an injury for the majority of this season. So in that regard, he does get a pass. But AJ, forty seven passes, as you said. He went he threw forty seven passes. Forty seven. An average five point eight yards per pass.
1: That's there we go. Yeah, he only something like that. Yeah,
0: he mustered two hundred and seventy-four yards, and it's not just that you only got two hundred and seventy-four yards. It's against this poor and porous Arizona Cardinals team. Mm-hmm. Now, when you look at what happened on the other side, Kyler Murray also didn't have a good day of passing himself, because he went eighteen of twenty-nine for hundred and ninety-one yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. But the Cardinals, at least, they got hundred and eighty-one yards on the ground.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: but I thought Steady was supposed to be a defensive coach I thought he was supposed to take care of, of these these kinds of deficiencies every year we get duped by the noise coming out of Sofia these Chargers are going to take a step forward but the only step they've made is that they've stopped losing all of these close games they actually win a couple here and there mm-hmm. but I don't Brandon Steady needs to be looking for new employment at the end of the season because I don't see how they can be looking at what is happening with their team and be satisfied that he is the man to lead them going forward. I, I just don't see it. I don't,
1: I don't know how they could have seen that after, after the end of last season when they essentially did not make Wild Card Weekend because of him. But different story for a different day.
0: It is true. I mean... Hey, it doesn't make me feel even more okay. sorry for Anthony Lane. Like, what True. what did he do that was so True. bad? True. Because Brandon Steady is still getting to keep this job. True. Anyhow, <laughs> on to fourth, though. And that's the biggest surprise. What was your biggest surprise of this NFL weekend? Oh, did I just open
1: up my nose? Well, then, uh, <laughs> so the biggest surprise of the weekend for me was the Raiders. I was thinking in that same division. I... <laughs> I don't want to talk too long about the Raiders, but it's the fact that obviously the Raiders are one of the worst teams in the NFL this season. Mm-hmm. They have for been. Sure. The Seahawks have been the Cinderella story of the NFL. Um, what actually surprised me is not just that the Raiders won. It is more so how they won. The fact that they put up this much of a fight. The men drop a 40-piece. This mm-hmm. is an offense that for the most part has been in like outside of and Let me not say the entire offense because Justin Jacobs is still like one of Josh like, Jacobs. Josh, Josh, not Justin. Josh Jacobs is one of. I'm pretty sure he's top three in rushing right now, isn't he? I, I need to. I need to double check, but either way, he's he's been having a decent enough season, right? Mm-hmm. Devante a bit a bit more so on and off, but Devante is Devante. But generally, this offense has not been clicking or firing on all cylinders. But to put up a forty piece and win in overtime on the road against the Seahawks team that has actually been buttoned up for the better part of the season and are leading that division, their Mm -hmm. division, i I I give them them the props where it's due. Now, it doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. The Raiders are still terrible and they're still not going to the postseason. (laughs) But just showing this kind of fight and and at this stage, I I mean, I have to give them a little bit of credit for it. it. I didn't expect them. I didn't expect this kind of win.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, I'm sure that you're going to like where I go with my biggest surprise of this NFL weekend. And, well, actually, this is, my one actually transcends just this weekend. It is probably all season long. What has happened to Jalen Ramsey? You
1: didn't even make me spill water on my laptop, <laughs> boy. Uh, yeah, that oh fool. you know what no go ahead you you
0: could have it let me let me get ramsey... my mouth <laughs> ramsey was told to be the next big cornerback in the league but it has not been a good season so far for him in marquee matchups he is getting burned like you had the toaster set too high. against Stefan diggs in week one he gave up a perfect passer rating of 158.3 Five receptions on six targets for 92 yards. And this week, the Rams put him on Travis Kelsey, who, as I tweeted from our Greenbidge account, at GreenBridge on Twitter, on Sunday, he got turned inside out so bad that he was wearing his skeleton outside of his pads. The Rams season is done. It is done it is glorious that it is done and it is done as badly as it is but they have to look at their defensive scheme next season because Ramsey as this warmer who can go find the ball and make something happen or putting him to shadow the best receiver has been a mixed bag at best and an absolute roasting at
1: worst I do not know what happens I I don't know if I don't know if this is just a side effect, like a microcosm of the bigger issue, Is who on the Rams has actually been good? <laughs> I mean, it's Cooper Cup, but then he went down with injury. Uh, other than that, I, the entire thing has just been, uh, yeah, maybe Jalen is just, I, 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 I still think the man will get better than this. He, I don't think he's this terrible, but <laughs> e- everything is going wrong this season. And, some part of me thinks it was unjust to put that man on Travis Kelsey. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Travis Kelsey and that dude to, to say, yeah, you could lock up Kelsey. No, you yeah, no. I don't think anyone can. Honestly, I don't think anyone can. But you not, know what, not one not one v one. But you
0: know what that reminds me of? Hmm. When um, you guys in New England y'all still had Gronk, and y'all were going into that Super Bowl against the Seahawks. The whole hmm. thought was. Who is going to cover Gronk one on one? And the thought was that Camp Chancellor would have been the guy. He would mm-hmm. have been the safety that would have been able, not necessarily to take Gronk away, but that he would have been able to slow him down and therefore be able to help the defense to get after Brady a little bit more.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then in the Super Bowl, regardless of if they put Chancellor on him, the, whoever they put on him, it, it, the, just got beat like a snare drum in the top <laughs> line. It it was not it was not fun viewing for those of us who did not want the Patriots to win.
1: Yeah, yeah. I so
0: bet. so now you go into this game and Jenna Ramsey he he walks with the swagger. He talks with the swagger. So you say, well, Ramsey, you have the opportunity to back it up. Travis Kelsey right now is the one that. Is making the Kansas City offense tick because there's no more Tyree Hill, Mikael Hardman. He's on IR, so no, it is just him. You go have him. You go stop him. And then what happened on that touchdown play? I've Kelsey AJ. I haven't. I have seen some men get beaten and get beaten badly. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with you getting beaten on a rope. Is the next thing when you are completely lost. You have no yeah. idea where this man has gone. And then you are just trying your hardest to catch up to him. Because when Kelsey caught that ball, Ramsey was at least four or five yards away from him.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then Kelsey caught the ball and turned in another direction and just created <laughs> even more separation. It was that was horrible. hard to watch.
1: That was hard to watch. Is that... To that is a grown man.
0: <laughs> a man with kids. A man that a has man... a family. <laughs> right? A man that has a family. and That is what you're here doing to this matchup. Is. It, it, really, nah, it really was not good. And the thing is, right, you No, know, you know that we are in some groups with some guys who do not like Jalen Ramsey. Don't like yeah. the best born of him because
1: yeah. of what he
0: says and what he does and what's not. I am oh, not one accent. of them. I actually like Jalen Ramsey. I am a fan of Mr. Ramsey. But when I saw that, I I was like, oh my God. No way to
1: defend that, no pun intended. No way to defend him there. Yeah, it was just, that was a nasty route, man. That was a nasty route.
0: (laughs) Poor Uh, fella. Poor fella, indeed. So, no, Angel, that was enough of the NFL. And we are heading back over to the desert. And we're heading back to Qatar. Where the group stage is about to end this week, and the knockouts are going to start on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of the Green Beige Bracket Challenge. We have to get the brackets out to the good folks so that they can make their picks. We have at least one prize for those of you in Barbados. We are still working on getting some other prizes involved. But as soon as the bracket challenge drops this week, you need to make your picks as soon as possible. Now, this week, or should I say, over this last week and a half, there have been some exciting games and some upsets. And so far, when we did our preview and we picked the, those teams to progress from the groups, one of us has been proven right and one of us has been proven wrong. But we are so. we we get to that in a second. We're going to talk about you know the World Cup for the rest of today's show. So mm-hmm. first, EJ, tell the folks about your French team. What's happening with France?
1: I'm pleasantly surprised thus far because I was really concerned with the number of injuries that were taking place, um, like how it would affect the team chemistry going into the group stage games, but it hasn't been as bad as i thought it would i i still think that we do need to improve hasn't been smooth sailing but um cuz uh, out, like outside of mbappe like it it he is he has been the x factor right it, he's been the one basically making the plays obviously has like three goals right now so one of the joint top scorers um yes yeah, there's just not a lot that has been going on otherwise obviously like Luca Hernandez got injured in the very first game not to sound terrible but I, I didn't think he should have been starting in the first case uh, th- the entire thing is to me it seems like Deschamps is still um, trying to work out this best 11 because he brought in Teo Hernandez to replace Luca, and then in the second game Pavard who started in that first game against the Socceroos he was banished as well so uh, I think there's still there's still a lot going on. you know, midfield is my has been my worry. I think too many and Rabio have been decent Rabiot Rabio had a very good game the first time around um second time, pretty decent, but the group, all in all, I still did pick us I, I I said that I thought that there was a chance that we may come second, but I still at the at the end of the day put us to to win the group. So I'm not too worried thus far. I think we've done enough. Uh, obviously, we're the first team to automatically qualify. What concerns me more is when we come to play the bigger boys in the win or go home. In that in that phase of the tournament. But um, there's still one more group stage game to go. So I'd like to see if we take any steps forward. Uh, see if, if if there's more chemistry-wise going on and, and, and if the team looks better as a unit. And hopefully we're not just relying on Mbappe. But for now I'll take the six points. And, and the spot in the in the round of 16, alley Le Bleu.
0: <laughs> okay. So the big news that we heard just today is that um, Karim Benzema may be making a return to the French team before the tournament's end. How are you feeling about that?
1: I didn't even hear that. I didn't know that. But I mean, I very much welcome him. Because above everything else, I actually felt very sorry for Benzema. Because he was exiled from the team for a number of years. We went on to win a World Cup without him. He gets the chance to get back into the team after having his arguably his best club season, being named uh um, the FIFA player of the year, um, Ballon d'Or, as they call it you now. Uh some real old saying that, yeah. Um <laughs> I just remember when they were two separate awards, you know? Mm. But was named Ballon d'Or and, and so, and he, he rightfully earned earned his place back in the team. And then to get injured, you know, in in training, right before the tournament starts, like I, I, I hope it's true and I very much welcome him back into the team. Giroud is not someone that is going to play in ninety minutes every single game. I think Giroud was going into this tournament very satisfied to come off of the bench, and with the way we've been playing, if Benzema comes back in, Giroud is very likely to get that goal that will take him to the pinnacle and surpass Henry as our Francis all-time leading goal scorer. Um, so I, I really hope it's true because I don't think besides those two guys, I trust anyone else to play up front.
0: So, so then what... How would you line up your front, though? Because Giroud has played well enough to... Remain in his, in his part But are you gonna just automatically bench him to play Benzema because obviously then the team has to play differently Because Benzema is not the target striker that Giroud is you know knocking down the ball and bringing the others into play around him Like Benzema will you know rather have the ball at his feet and you know make the players that way
1: Yeah, Giroud on to bench, he has to bench if, if if Benz is fit enough to start, then yes. If it is if it is a case where he will need to come off of the bench to get some match fitness or to see how the injury would treat him in the game, then yeah, you bring him off the the bench for like I guess the first then again, we ain't got much time to play with though. It depends on when he returns to the team. If it is in the group stage, if it sorry, if it is yeah, if it's in the group stage, then yeah, basically what I'm saying, he could he could come off the bench for that first game. And see how the injury is, like how serious it was, you know, how we can mm-hmm. how he's getting along with it. If it is knockouts, Benzema has to start. He just won't play ninety, the full ninety, and then Giroud can come on. But he has to start. To to your point about the tactics, it, that's absolutely correct. Like Benzema is not going to be as hold up as Giroud is. We know how they they both play, but he is capable of doing it, just not to to the the fervent extent that Giroud does. But at, at the same time, it, he's so much more of, of an offensive weapon that we need at this point, because everything is running through Mbappe. And, and it's not a discredit to Giroud. Like, he's still a fox in the box. Like, you can't leave him. He will get shots on target. He, he can't score. But it, it, there's too much riding on the shoulders of Mbappe in this team. And I think having Benzman, the fact that Benz and Mbappe had created that sort of connection and relationship on the field where they, they could interchange positions and it kind of gives defenders a problem. I think we definitely need that to remain uh, uh, viable contenders. How would how line up? I mean, if if we're still trying to do that wing-back thing, I guess Griezmann would play off of the two of them. Um, and then every once in a while, either one of them would drift. Either either one of them being Mbappe or Benzema would drift out to the left while the other stay centrally. So... It still could work. It still could work. But I don't I don't know if I don't know if we if if both are available if um Deschamps goes back to playing old wide. But I mean sorry with the two wingers and the striker. But it's possible as well. I think I think there's so many tactical uh, options that we can explore if Benzema is back. Um I really want Benzema to come back, for real. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, understood. Well, I know you said that you were feeling good that France is the first team to qualify for the knockout rounds. And congratulations to you for being the first team to qualify for the knockout rounds. It just, you know, according to the scheduling that you were the first team to qualify for the knockout rounds because my Brazil was also the, was the second team to qualify for the knockout rounds with two out of two. Um, mm-hmm. I would have to say that we have satisfied expectations to this point by qualifying with a game to spare. Brazil has been dominant during these games. Even if the scoreline at the end hasn't always reflected said dominance. We have we were on top the entire game against Serbia. And then Mm -hmm. we we got the two seven and a half goals that we needed. We only scored one in this past game. That's not the point. We got six points (laughs) and we have we are moving on. Now I believe and a lot of my Brazil fans have also been saying the same kinds of things, that Chichi needs to make some adjustments to this team, especially to his starters as we go deeper into the tournament. As Rafinha on the right wing has been a passenger most games. And as far as I'm concerned, and many agree with me, he should not be starting. Um, we, when we were playing against, who did we play just the other day? Oh Switzerland when we played against the Swiss. and that I mean when we looked at our group I didn't think our group was a group of death because I always believed that Brazil would be the one to qualify from this group first anyway but our group was not an easy group Switzerland is a a pretty tough team Serbia is a strong defensive team and then there's Cameroon who as an African nation you never know what you're going to get when they turn up in the tournament So, I did not think our our group was the easiest group. I definitely didn't think it was the hardest. But we would have had some challenges, you know, to make sure that we qualify and qualify as quickly as possible. In central defense... Sorry, central defensive midfield. Mm -hmm. Bruno Guimaraes should be partnering Casemiro. I did not like... The pick of Richardson going into the tournament, I had said that if it was up to me, Richardson would have been bought. there oh, David Spurs practicing all <laughs> this time, and we would have taken Roberto Firmino if we had to pick between the two of them. But to his credit, Richardson has played reasonably well. And Mm -hmm. so far, he has scored what I consider to be the goal of the tournament. I have not seen anything better than an overhead kick that he scored so far. Now, with the six points already in the bag, and us having qualified for the next round, I'd like to see TT make some adjustments in the next game let's start martinelli for vinicius because we know vinicius is a short starter so let's get somebody else in there to see how they are going to perform And we can give anthony a start on the right side in place of rafinha because as far as they're concerned rafinha should be watching the rest of this tournament just like me and you it will be between martinelli and anthony to see who now takes that spot on the right opposite vinicius because vinicius is a short starter we don't need to see rodrigo in the next game because apparently rodrigo is the first man off the bench anyway so his play is assured he doesn't need to appear in the next game and i would also start bruno gimoresh and fabinho let the two of them start in defensive midfield and larry casemiro you know he he has some age on him now so let him take a rest, and let the two of them audition for the spot next to him. Because, you see that Fred thing? Fred <laughs> Fred at most should be an injury replacement. He he don't need to be starting these games. I'm sorry. Not Fred. Not in Brazil. Come on, man. We don't get a tournament to <laughs> play Fred. Not like that, that go about today when we started Joe out front. No. <laughs> nonsense. We, We're not having that.
1: I mean, well, winning your first two games and qualifying for the next round there's a 40 that luxury, right? Because then you have the last game to, as you say, let some other players audition and if you want, try out some tactics and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I hope we're in the same position too. But th- th- my only thing is that coming into this tournament, I don't think that Deshaun knew who his best 11 was. And in mm-hmm. the first game, I it, it, the first game kind of confirmed that to me by... The, the the lineup he set with regards to, especially with regards to the wingbacks, is all he did was... <laughs> yeah, there's some good memories about Joe. <laughs> Jared with a comment. um, <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, it would, especially with regards to the wingbacks, because Benjamin Pavard has not been informed by any stretch of the imagination. Luca Hernandez, I don't think he's been terrible, but his brother has been arguably... The best left back that Francis had in the last couple of seasons. And well, I should say left wing back, at least. Um, neither of them started. He went with the old guard, the same two guys that won us the World Cup last time. So I, I, in this, this feels like the kind of game now we have Tunisia in the last game. This feels like the kind of game now where we, some other guys who are, have been coming off the, of the bench could possibly try to stake their claim. Um, no, he's always bringing up. the The thing is, Ken, we do not have a very dynamic bench, and that was one of the things I was lamenting, which is one of the, uh, the other reasons why I didn't mention previously. I really want Benzema to get back to the team, because <laughs> looking at the bench last time, when we needed like a, an offensive spark, it was it was Coleman and who was he? Who was he in the prison? Can't even remember who came off the bench. There are like three attacking names on the bench. The rest are midfielders, defenders, and goalkeepers. I was just not good enough at this stage, so I think we're in a in a position where we really need, do need Benzema back. So I'd be happy to welcome a seventy percent Benzema back to this team, even if that means he's he can come, he can come off the bench for Giroud. But we need him. We need him.
0: Well, I mean, I understand why you say that you need him, and maybe Benzema's return will actually spell good things for your team. You know how I feel about your team, especially when it comes to tournaments (laughs) like this. So, if he does come back, I hope that he has the effect of what seems to be happening over in the Belgium locker room because did you see that everything right now seems to be falling apart for this golden generation of Belgium? We have some serious infighting going on with with this team. And right now, they sit... Where they? they sit third in their group with a loss and a victory and now they do they play last they play against Croatia who is currently topping the group so is it possible that both you and I could be wrong when we pick Belgium to, to escape their group and move on in this tournament
1: yeah pretty much. and Jared, I will tell you what I feel about Belgium right now because I did think they'd win the group. Um, I obviously, I never mentioned them in any forum as dark horses or anything. i I always thought that that was over, but I didn't think that they'd struggle to get out of this group. If you remember, i I did pick Morocco though, so I'm quite satisfied with that pick. I thought Croatia were going to be the ones to suffer, but at this stage, I don't know if I see. If I see Belgium, because as you noted, like with this, with these issues in the dressing room and everything just seemingly falling, when it all falls down, boy, I I, don't, can, I honestly don't know if I see Belgium getting three points off of Croatia. I don't. And a draw is not going to do them any good because that will then put them at four points and the goal difference would be um, um, Minus inferior, inferior to Morocco. So even mm-hmm. if Morocco would have to lose by like three clear goals for them to even be tied.
0: Mm-hmm. And think Morocco has to lose to Canada who to Canada has I, yeah, more
1: points Canada ain't beating Morocco even on a, even on a, a weird day Canada is not beating Morocco three mm-hmm. 0 So I, I I don't think Belgium are going getting out of this group anymore. I it is really sad. it is really sad that they're not even going to get out of the group. <laughs> I mean the, the Croatia team was supposed to be the elder. The elder team, right? But mm-hmm. I Belgium is just and sad, and oddly enough, they're not even the most disappointing team of the World Cup to me so far, though. But they have been extremely disappointed. I'll get into that a bit more afterwards.
0: Yeah, I and I agree with you. I agree with you on everything that you just said, including that they have not been the most disappointing team because we can touch on that disappointing team in a second. But when I made my selections for this group, I said that I expected Croatia to second to Belgium, in this in this group, and right now Croatia tops the group. Morocco is second. I I do not see Belgium, as currently constructed and the way how they are playing, getting even a point out of this game because you need to have some cert, some level of harmony in a squad mm-hmm. in a team when you put them out there. Because anytime you don't have that harmony when you got men sniping at one another and what's not, how are they supposed to work together to achieve anything? Mm-hmm. Right now we got we got the we got Hazard saying that he didn't think that the team was old enough or it was too old to do anything good in the tournament. Mind you, he has not done anything of note for the last how many years now?
1: So since Real Madrid, yeah.
0: Okay, so why, where has he put his mouth to make such comments? If you are playing well, if you are in form, you can talk. But you are not in any kind of form. So if you thought that the the average age of the team was too old, maybe you should have stayed home, sir. But I'm not a Belgian fan, so that that doesn't matter to me. I. <laughs> when you know you have the defense say that because obviously you guys didn't score so maybe our attack is just too old is is not all of us i know we we're seeing that the team is splitting up into different factions and this guy isn't talking to that guy and, and these are the starters these are supposed to be the leaders on this team belgium is going home right now that plane to brussels is on the tarmac with the engines spinning it's just waiting for them to get on board and take off we already got clearance from the tower we ready to go
1: another team
0: that yeah, seems to be
1: the is who made the comments initially oh uh,
0: yes thank yeah.
1: you
0: yeah yeah de bruyne who also has not had a very good tournament so far belgium right now is a mess now another team that is currently sitting there and you know they're in the category of having packed their bags and just waiting to board the plane as well and I guess for them they're hoping that they can miss the flight is germany right now aj germany sits bottom of their group with one point mm-hmm. and a minus one goal difference spain is on four japan is on three costa rica is on three germany has one point do you think that germany escapes or do or do they just escape qatar
1: and go home <laughs> ah so germany's last game is against costa rica uh, japan spain played japan uh the, this the thing is the group is still very close now obviously with goal difference, the reality is that Spain basically already like qualified, even with a draw, right? Mm-hmm. Because nobody, two teams can't overtake them, and no one is going to catch up to them goal difference wise. But, but two teams still can
0: overtake them actually, because they're yeah,
1: yeah, uh, yeah, they, they, yeah. So yes, mathematically yes, but realistically, do we really see Japan upsetting Spain and Costa Rica upsetting Germany in the same and on the same day? I I find that hard to believe. Um and because I, I don't think Spain are gonna rest players. I don't think they're gonna rest no, any players. Yeah.
0: They're not at the point that they can. So. That,
1: exactly. Cause literally at three points separates them. I, I am very disappointed in Germany as well. <laughs> I didn't expect them to be this terrible. I always thought there was going to be a toss up as to who won and who comes second. I thought it would be them and Spain to go through though. And mm-hmm. I think if I remember correctly, I think I did put them first and Spain second. But either way, I I wouldn't have been upset if it was Spain first, them second. But this, I don't know. I if they escape, I think it's likely because I I do believe that Spain can beat Japan and will beat Japan. Um, I think they can beat Costa Rica as well. So I think they stand a better chance to escape. This game the the final game has fallen at the right time for them. Um they're not going to trounce Costa Rica the same way that Spain did, but they might scrape a 1 0 like they did in 06 in that first game of the, of the tournament. Mind you, that took a worldie from Lamb to win that game. But um, I, I think they can escape, but it still doesn't look good for them going forward, like beyond that. They could be out in the round of 16.
0: I, I honestly feel that Germany Germany can be home. I'm looking at I'm looking at this. I did not feel confident. Remember I said this, I was not confident about Germany going into the tournament. And they've not shown me anything at all to inspire any confidence in me whatsoever. Now they're going into a game against Costa Rica, who is playing with host money, really and truly. Costa Rica, nobody expected them to be getting out of this group anyway just to the end of the show. Now, I know that there's also the possibility that two teams that sit above them could decide we'll just shake hands and go through together and, and that could be the end of the tournament for Germany. There's so many things that right now they are hoping go in their favor for them to have any chance of getting out of this group stage. I don't see it. And frankly, I'm loving it. I am loving it. I would love them to be back home in Munich after this game that they play. When is, when is their game? Their game is on Thursday at, well, 3 p.m. For those of you in Caribbean, it is at noon for me, and I will be plugged in for that. I need to see Germany go home. So,
1: AJ. So, wait, so the last thing hmm. I would say, the reason why... I don't think that Spain and Japan are going to collude. Is <laughs> because if Japan draws and they're on four points, and then Germany do beat Spain, they're both on four points. Mm-hmm. And if depending on how badly Germany does win, their goal difference will be higher because Japan's goal difference at this point is zero. Mm-hmm. Right. So they can't, like, they actually have to go out and try to get like three points from this game to go through because they can't sit back and at the same time, like, just so you mentioned, like Germany need to be relying on other results to go their way. Japan would have to hope that Germany do not win in order to go through with anything but a win themselves. So I I, I think that adding that element to it means they'll have to attack Spain. Spain ain't going to sit back and defend, so that means they're going to be counterattacking Japan and they have more quality to finish. So I still think it's in Germany's hands more so, but... I mean, it. It the fact of the matter is, the group is still really interesting because every team has potential to go through, and every any it, not any of the team, like three teams could could still win the group. Any of them could go through. Like it, it'll it'll be an interesting um, Master three or week three. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, if well, if Costa Rica beats Germany, then Japan is home. So, from that yeah, point, yeah, exactly, you are correct. They will yeah. have to they will have to make sure that they secure their package their package. exactly and at least there's no dead rubbers in this game there's no team that is completely out of it
1: mm-hmm.
0: so it'll be fun it'll be fun to see what happens there now germany was my biggest disappointment so mm-hmm. far of the tournament who was yours was it germany or was it somebody else
1: it wasn't germany it wasn't germany I, and i should probably Probably pick them. I'm glad I didn't, so we get to hear another story because because they were yours. But for me, it is actually Argentina because you know going into the tournament, I had them as my favorites to win, and 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 it wasn't out of spite because you know of how I feel about Brazil, but it was honestly the fact that all right, what what gives me the reason to to give respect to a team is when they actually come out and win something. Now Argentina. You know how i was in the in one of our chats in the during the Copa america i was convinced that argentina were going to blow it they went into and i don't want to bring drudge these dredge of these painful memories for you but you remember what happened it was held in brazil they went into brazil they won against brazil 1-0 in the final now to me that took a lot of metal right it's yeah. something i didn't think that argentina had but they did it and then after that they went on a run that was one of the best Runs like in the history of the game and whatnot. And you know, people were talking about them potentially breaking Italy's record and whatnot. But it was an impressive, unbeaten run. So, with that, I was like, I was thinking that this team had turned the corner. So, I was trying to give them respect. And and the fact is that they didn't have any like major injuries hampering the team going into the World Cup. So, I was like, you know what? I feel like this is theirs to lose just out of respect. And these men in the first game lost to Saudi Arabia. I don't, I, yo, I don't care. <sighs> I don't care what your expectations were were for Argentina or anything like that. I can. I've been watching the World Cup since the 1998 World Cup was the first World Cup I watched. First time I saw Saudi Arabia in the group, they were in France's group. Can I've never seen Saudi Arabia lead a game. <laughs> Much less win one. Much less win one at a World Cup. <laughs> and they actually came from behind and won. When Argentina scored that first goal, and you remember, I don't know if you actually saw that game, but you remember that Lotaro had a goal chalked off for offside. He was fractionally offside, but offside nonetheless. Then they get the penalty, Messi scores, the up is like, all right, this is, this is what we expect to happen. This is about to be a route, two or three. But then they turn around and give up two goals and lose to Saudi Arabia. I had these men to comfortably win this group, Ken. And even in the second game against Mexico, I mean, obviously, Mexico sat back a lot and tried to contain them and then hit them on the counter. It wasn't successful, but Argentina were struggling to actually make plays and, and get get something together until Messi broke the deadlock with essentially what was a worldly strike. I, I It... it the team that I thought I would have seen, based on how they have been in the last, I would say at least year, year and a half, maybe, is not what I'm seeing, and that's what's disappointed me because I kind of vouch for these men. Well, it's a good thing I didn't, I didn't tell somebody to to hedge all the all the, all the bets on on Argentina. Mind you, I wouldn't have done that, but I'm just saying I, <laughs> I wouldn't have done that. That's very foolhardy, but I, I, Argentina has disappointed me the most because the fact is. That while they're not out of, of the group, they're not they haven't been eliminated or anything like that. They just don't look good. And they don't look like the favorites that I told them to be. I, I don't want to change my mode, No, because anything can happen. They're they sit on three points, a point behind Poland. They have a better goal difference than Saudi Arabia. The thing is, they're not they're not out, but they're not out of the group either. Like it, it, anything could actually happen. And they're playing the top team in the group, mind you. I don't think Poland is good either, right? But anything can happen on the final day when you put yourself in this position. I At this point, I feel like Argentina should have had six points and should have been in the next round, which is why, to me, they're the most disappointing. I I vote for these men, yeah? <laughs> but I,
0: I mean, I can't argue with what you're saying about Argentina. I had Argentina pick to win the group, but to me... Well, Germany is the most disappointing team so far in the tournament. A close sign is Mexico. I thought Mexico were going to be better than this. Same, I, just, I didn't have Mexico currently sitting bottom of this group. I, yeah. I would love for Poland to beat Argentina. I have a Mexico to, to send Argentina home. But th- that is, that is more Brazilian, so... He's eh?
1: Brazilian, Okay. Yeah, that's more so... That.
0: Yeah, I I was going to give the disclaimer. That's more so because of my my South American rivalry where they're concerned than anything else. But I thought of Mexico, I really thought of Mexico were going to be better than this. And so I when Argentina lost to Saudi Arabia, who has never, who, as you said, they never won a game before in Cup history. Saudi Arabia, the ones that are responsible for that joker Miroslav close having the record right now for the most goals scored in workout history give him four give him four goals <laughs> the man finished the workout with with eight i think it was seven or eight hardly scored after yeah, yeah. that four goals they gave to this man and they turn around and beat argentina i was like well at least now i feel like if you have given me back something after you took away something from me but then Mexico, I thought that with Me- with Argentina's defense showing up in the way that I anticipated it would have, which is to not show up at all, Mexico would have been able to get some goals against them and knock them out. That has not happened. I know Mexico is sitting bottom of the group. I I don't know. I am I'm hoping. I'm hoping that Mexico can pull it off. I'd be very happy if Argentina gets knocked out. The faster they're back in Buenos Aires, the happier I'll be. Um... They don't need to wait for us. They they can go home at any time. Um, but but yeah, that that is that, that is Argentina and and that group. But AJ, before we get out of here, there's one other thing that we need to touch on, and that is the games that finished today, the, the group that finished today, what everybody thought was a group of death, where Ken was right and AJ was wrong, and that is with England. And the United States of America.
1: Oh, you had picked them to go through.
0: I picked them to go through because you said that you had wheels
1: to go through. I did. I did. I did. That's kind of like the perfect segue too, because USM are like the biggest surprise to me in this World Cup so far. I I have to give them credit. If you remember when, not even after we gave our picks here, When we appeared on Hashtag This Just In and we were talking about this, my reason was that I just don't trust the U.S. Like I feel like I've seen this script. It's like a Tyler Perry movie. It's like the same story every time, right? Mm -hmm. And I felt like it would be the same thing again. The U.S.A. would be hyped because of the backer like Pulisic and they have some other players who are in Europe and stuff, so it would be, all right, yeah, the media is going to hype them and then they come out and just put up duds and end up being eliminated. But to their credit, I was actually today looking at this game at work and rooting for them to go through. And I was talking to Jared. Yeah, yes, Jared, I agree. Like, Wales have been poor. Like, I, I, it's not that I had much faith in Wales. It's that I had even less faith in the USA. It was just the lesser of evils, essentially. But the USA have actually deserved... You realize that the USA have conceded... They've conceded a single goal so far in these two games. They've conceded one goal... Oh. Goals, against Three no. games. Three games. Oh, sorry, sorry, in three games. Yeah, and sorry, in three games. In three games. That's what I mean. Yeah, in three games. No, some of the, the people who I work with who are obviously American, they're not very fond of, of Berhalter. But if, if there's one thing I can say in Berhalter's defense, clearly he has these men operating very well defensively as a unit because it's not easy to break them down. Can they basically outplayed every single team in this group they've, they've faced, that's including England. Like if if they if they had better finishers and this this is, is is the Achilles heel of their team, you know. They don't create enough, they're not decisive enough in the final third, they don't create enough. As as height as Pulis is, he does not create enough. And even when they do get opportunities, the finishing is not very good. That that is is going to be the undoing of them. But because I I I heard a stat, like I think there was a shot, someone had a shot early in the game today. And the commentators were saying that it was just their fourth shot on target for the entire World Cup, and this is their third game. So offensively, they're not been good; they haven't been good enough. But given up one goal in three games, and that one goal was to a, a, a was from a penalty from a boneheaded play by a defender who had no <laughs> right fouling in the situation in which he was
0: it's, in. It is true.
1: Yeah. So I mean, and defensively, they've been very hard to break down. They've been very compact. Players have been very disciplined. Tyler Adams and Wes McKinney have been absolutely... And I've been a fan of McKinney for a while, right? But he's, he's been my, my favorite player to watch um, in their team so far. They've been absolutely immense in the middle of the field. Even Sergio Dest is playing well. <laughs> and ain't nobody had a good thing to say about Dest in, uh, um, for the season so far at, at where he is now, at AC Milan alone, Not AC Milan fans, not Barca fans. I ain't hear a good thing about Dest yet, boy. But this has actually been good. Got an assist today as well. I, I give you, yeah, I, I give it that one. You're right there, though. Cause I just did not have faith in them. But I'm I whatever teams prove me wrong, they make me a fan. So I mean it was fun while it lasted. There's no way they're gonna beat the Netherlands. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to predict that they beat the Netherlands. But I, I'm actually happy that they made it through because I think the players deserve it. Not the not the commentators like Alexi Lalas and, and Stu Holden and them boys who just Full of pure bias, but the players I think have played well enough to deserve going through this group unbeaten and and honestly unfazed. One goal, the only other team to concede a single goal thus far that's played three games is the Netherlands. That's a really good. Like they even conceded less goals than England. <laughs> that's a really good record. Mm-hmm. That is a really good record, and it's a lot better than I expected. So, you know, USMNT, uh, very well done. All could it do?
0: Yeah, I was anticipating that the U.S. would have been able to give a good showing, at least in the group stage. Mm-hmm. They know, who, you couldn't really tell who they were going to play coming out of the group stage, but the expectation would have been that they would not have finished higher than second. Mm-hmm. So as a result, if they're going to be finishing second, they would have to play the group winner of group A, and that we both predicted would have been the Netherlands, so yeah,
1: yeah,
0: it would have been difficult for us to say, "Well, the U.S. is going to get past the round of 16." But as you said, defensively they have been playing very well. They have not been beaten by anybody, including England.
1: In yeah, open play, that's incredible.
0: Yeah, the the one thing that is concerning for me, where the U.S. are concerned, is that they don't play. A full game of football. Mm-hmm. They play extremely well in the first half, and then well for the two games that because I think they won two games, right? They won two games.
1: No, they drew two. Oh, they today played. was the first win. Yeah, today was the first win.
0: Oh my bad. Yes, yeah, so they drew yeah. two and then they won. When they played against when they played against Wales, they were all on top of them the entire game, at uh, the entire first half, and then the second half. I don't know what Burhalter told them, but they suddenly did not, you know, they weren't attacking. When they played against England, they were all over them in the first half. And then when it came to the second half, it was the same kind of story. When they played against Iran today, they got the goal early in the first half. Um, Timothy Weir scored a beautiful outside goal. And then when they went in at halftime and came back out, they made no adjustments to counter what Iran. It oh,
1: no, it's not a weird goal actually. that stood. that one get you mean for no. today.
0: Right, he scored a beautiful all goal.
1: Oh oh yeah, oh, oh it's just me, yeah. Cause wait, but no, Pulisic actually did score in the first half, no.
0: Right, Pulisic scored first and then we mm. came and I so mean after he, the
1: okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he outside, had a, yeah.
0: a beautiful yeah. finish that was talked about. Oh, I thought you were forgetting
1: Pulisage's one, yeah,
0: yeah. No, 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 no. I remember that Captain America scored. <laughs> and then uh, yeah. and then got taken out and couldn't return after halftime mm-hmm. so i mean kudos to the us i i didn't have any expectations for wales i, I said that here on the show i also said we went on hashtag this justin wills did not disappoint me because they had no expectations for him the us they did what they needed to do which was that they beat iran and they did have some nervy moments, and that's like a half, but they did, they did enough. They did what they needed to do, and now they move forward. We will see who moves forward now over these next couple of days. Because just to remind everybody, Poland and Argentina right now are in the lead in Group C. France is already through, Australia is second, then Denmark and Tunisia in Group D. Spain and Japan are the leaders in Group E, followed by Costa Rica and Germany. Let's hope that Munich sees them soon. Croatia and Morocco, they are the ones that are out front in Group F. Belgium is getting ready to head back to Brussels. Brazil is already qualified. Switzerland is currently sitting in second. Cameroon is third and Serbia are fourth. And then Portugal, they've also qualified. Ghana, they're second on three points. South Korea and Uruguay are the ones that are bringing up the rear so AJ we we've we've spent some time talking about the workout we know that when we get back here next week that we will know for sure who has qualified who sits where we will have completed our brackets and we invite everyone as well to do your brackets It is free to enter and if you're in Barbados then there may there's a prize for you for sure Um, we will see if we can get some prizes for some other from some other places for those of you around the caribbean also here in the united states of america AJ, do you have anything to plug for the folks before we get out of here
1: go usa <laughs> being facetious of course I'm a little blue though we got this
0: all right well for me on side <laughs> on saturday evening um for those in the denver area um our church is putting on a christmas production december is literally two days away and i wrote a play aj i wrote another play for our christmas program this year it's called who is he we are featuring conversation. well not conversations we're looking at the wise men with a twist so um for those of you who are interested i will have On my social media some links that you can tune in and watch or if you are in the Denver area you can come and join us but that is where we are going to land it for this week's episode as always that is AJ he is the green I am Ken I am the beige and we will see you next time